When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I, it's a feeling more than what I, I have a terrible, terrible feeling. And then I try to analyze it and sort of get myself out of it by thinking about all the brave people and the wonderful things that they were able to do to save people. But there's still that feeling. Why did it happen? It shouldn't have happened. It's totally irrational. It, it gets you to what kind of world do we live in? That people are going to, you know, fly into a building with civilians mm. and kill them while they're having their breakfast. Mm. We've done nothing to them. What? What? This is this is the world we live in. My goodness, you know it. Uh, yeah, it, it's a very very difficult day. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like the day. Uh, even though I meet, there are some very joyous moments that day. I get to see uh, kids that were at eulogies of mine that were five years old sitting there wondering wondering what was going to happen to them. And now they just graduated from college. Wow. So wow. so there's some beautiful things about it. Yep. But overall, there's still a very, very sad feeling. That changed our lives forever, and New York's news talk leader will never forget it. 77 WABC joins the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, my dear friend Frank Seller, for special days of tribute today, September 9th, and Sunday, 9-11. Tunnel to Towers Foundation, 9-11, remembrance, remembering 9-11 21 years later. And, of course, so that was Rudy Giuliani. He made those comments with me on this show a week ago. And you cannot talk about that day without talking... To the face of courage. You know, I posted a picture of me and Rudy on my Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney yesterday from the 100-year celebration. He looked so handsome. We looked so good together. And then, of course, everyone knows his son, Andrew, has become a dear friend of mine as well. Three o'clock every weekday. And again, the bravest man I know, the great Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, welcome back, pal. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good, Bernie. And, uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful introduction uh, that you did uh, and and thank you uh, you're welcome uh rudy uh listen let's get uh, right to that uh right to that day i know it's difficult for you uh, i know that it brings back horrible and good memories but i had pataki on about a month about about an hour ago and uh he was in the city that day he was very rarely in new york city but he had something to do with his daughter so he's in the city that day you woke up Clear day, blue skies, Giants got beat the night before Monday Night Football. It was an ordinary day, and then, Rudy, it wasn't, was it? You want a little more sports uh, uh, sure. connection to it? Sure. Uh, yeah. um, 
The Yankees got rained out the night before. And I had dinner that night with Mrs. Pee Wee Reese and Mrs. Ro- uh, Jackie Robinson because we were planning the next day to have a luncheon, a uh, breakfast, excuse me, to raise money for the statue of Pee Wee and uh, Jackie that we were going to put at the Mets Stadium in Coney Island. Yes. Now, those people that came to that breakfast were trapped at City Hall. And we had to evacuate them. That's part of the story of September wow. 11. that doesn't get much wow. attention. It, it included Mrs. Pee Wee Reese. It was, it was after Pee Wee had died. And a movie, they, 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 they premiered a movie that night about Pee Wee's illness, about what he went through, you know, in fighting cancer, which was quite beautiful. His son is a movie maker. And uh, the Yankees were, were, were rained out that night. And... Um, I wasn't going to go to the game because uh, because of them, and uh, I remember having to make a choice. And I said, "Well, I think this is more historic for baseball to be with these two wonderful women." Wow, and that's a big deal because the Yankees and the Brooklyn Dodgers. I mean, every year that was the World Series. Now you had the upper hand with it because the Dodgers only beat you guys once in uh, 1955. You won every other World Series, but that was a huge rivalry back in the 50s. Oh, when I was a young boy, it was uh, life and death. It, it, this is a, a true story. I think many people don't believe it. But I was once taken into a, a lot behind my house in Brooklyn. And uh, the, I, I, I imagine these kids were kidding, but they uh, threatened to lynch me. Oh, my God. I swear to God, there were about eight, about eight of them. I mean, they really had me ganged up. And we lived in a two-story house. And my grandmother was a tough old bird. She lived through the Depression. She, had, she brought up... Uh, uh, seven children as a, as a widow, she uh, opens the window and she yells out, you touch him and I'll be down there and I'll kill every one of you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so so this has been happening in your life, not just now with the FBI. This has been happening with your life. <laughs> I think, I, I, I've read some of your book now that I got it, Bernie. And I do think these are the things that shape us. I, I mean, think you're they right. They always call you Bernie. Uh, I know you're kid. <laughs> you, know, you call me Bernie twice. I know you know who I am. Uh, but I know yes, exactly. And I love you. And, I love uh, you too. You, Thank you. You have the best suntan of any man I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you're right. But these these things, are, it's in the book. It does shape your life. It makes us who we are today. So whatever you went through as a kid, getting beat up by Brooklyn Dodger fans, made you ready, I guess, I guess, for yeah, that for that 9-11. The things that happen to you when you're a kid are ten times bigger than the things that happen to you now. Oh, it's true. It's because true. You're a tiny little thing in this big, big world, and everything exaggerates. But September 11th. It really, I never do justice to describing my feelings, and I'm sure all of us who went through it don't, uh, about September 11, because they are more complicated than any set of feelings I have about anything. I mean, it was the worst day of my life. It was the worst day in the life of the city I love, and one of the worst days in the life of America. America has had some other pretty bad days, but it would have to be up there with one of the top five or six worst days in the history of the country that we love. And uh, if you lived in New York, you had to know people that died, or you quickly got to know them because they were a friend of a friend. So if you lived in New York at the time, you have a personal connection to it, more than 
some of the awful other yeah. things that happened. Yes, in uh, Pennsylvania. Me, of course, it was. Said, it was. Yep. Uh, I was in charge. I, I had to look around and say, <laughs> "Hey, pal, there's no no escape in this one. You're in charge of this one." And I really got that feeling big time when I was told the father judge was the first person that they found at ground zero. I had just seen Father Judge, oh, let's say a half hour earlier. He was walking toward uh, the, the, the building. I went up to him and I said, Father, uh, will you pray for us at this point? I usually used to say, you're going to pray for me. And he would always respond. He was the funniest guy. He would say, it'd be a lot better if you prayed because it would be unusual. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Woody, but he died as a result of somebody who jumped out of the building. We don't exactly know. He's right next to a man. He's somewhat crushed. So one, one, the, original, the, original, the original version was that he was giving the last rites to this man. This is before the building came down. Uh, he definitely died before the building came down. Or it could be that the man hit him mm. and killed him. And I'll tell you, the first thing that put me in a state of shock, which I had to suppress, is when I arrived there, I went with Bernie uh, Carrick and with Joe Loda to the, to the building, right to the building, because I wanted to go to the fire department command post because I wanted to make sure that my fire department and my police department were 100% coordinated. We had no room here for sometimes the lack of coordination that takes place. So I took Bernie with me to, uh, to go to the command post of the police department, which was right below Tower 1, maybe a half a block away, and I'm looking up, and I see this man jump. Aye, aye, aye. And I get transfixed by it. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen a fire. You know you're supposed to walk away, and you just continue to look at it, right? Yep, yep. And, and I just continue to look at this man. And I saw him hit the ground. Oh. And I grabbed Bernie, closer to my grand character, and I said, Bernie, this is beyond anything we've ever dealt with before. We're going to have to go with our instincts and just pray to God we made the right decision. What I meant by that was we had something like 24 emergency management plans. We were obsessive about it. We had two different heads of emergency services. Uh, Jerry Hauer and Richie Shearer, and they used to drive us nuts with um, exercises and drills and constantly bringing us warnings like we were going to get attacked in 19, uh, 1995 when we had the uh, anniversary of the U.N. There were 170 world leaders here. We were sure we were going to be attacked. But that, was also, that was like two years after they originally bombed the World no. Trade Center. I had I had divers in the water outside of uh, outside of the uh, the place outside of the UN. Uh, we had all kinds of information. We infiltrated we infiltrated the uh, mosques in in New Jersey, and Chris Christie didn't find out about it until ten years later. <laughs> he got mad at Bloomberg, not aye. me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chris Christie. You know, I I go back to that day, and I was on the air with Imus when the first plane hit. We're talking about the giant game, by the way. It was so uh, uh, unreal and, and surreal yeah, now. Do. Yeah, I know. It was just unreal. And and I remember watching you all day, and I remember saying, and I didn't know who you are. I just You were the mayor, but I didn't know you personally. And I said, I don't know, man. He's got to be scared. But you never, to your credit, never uh, during all those days, acted scared or nervous. You were a true leader. But I'll ask you now, 
at any point during that day, were you legitimately scared? Damn right I was scared. Sure, how could I not be, right? And I would, I would, I would deal with it the way my father, my, my father is the bravest man I ever knew. And my father taught me from the time I was a young child, fear gets you nowhere. You're going to feel it. He taught me to be a boxer. And he used to say, first time, you're going to love boxing until the first time you get hit in the face. <laughs> and I true. did. I, for about two years, I boxed with him. And then I started boxing. First time I got hit in the face, I wanted to quit. <laughs> he it's said, true. You, got, you have to make believe you're not afraid. He said, if you want, if you want to keep your cool, if you're in an emergency, he said, and everybody's going to lose their – if you're in a fire, everybody's going to get panicked. They're not going to be able to think. If you get panicked, you can't think. So make believe you're not scared. Pretend. And all of a sudden, rationality will take over. And after a while, you'll forget it. You'll, it'll come back at night, maybe in a nightmare, or it'll come back 10 years from now. But suppress it. And that's what I would do. I would suppress it. The minute, the minute I would – like when they came to me and told me the father judge died – I wanted to break down and cry. Right, right. That's right. what I would have done if it happened under normal circumstances. If he had died of a heart attack and they came and told me at home, I would have gone in a room and I wouldn't want to see me and I would have cried. Hmm. I said, I can't. Actually, I would say, I can't think about it now. Wow. I so, move on. Right now, I got to move on. Right now, I But you were there at the World Trade Center. My wife, Danielle, who you know, she worked across the street from the Empire State Building. And I said, Danielle, get out. I figured that building was going to be next. I figured oh, maybe oh, the right. FBI building. Did you think all these, maybe even the, the New York Stock Exchange, the, the, that morning you had to think, yes. Rudy, there were a ton of targets? That's a very good question that most people don't think of. But that was a very big part of... Uh, the first, let's say, one hour, hour and a half of, for burning in me and the PD, uh, we were sure we were going to be attacked. So I'd say in addition to getting the people out of the building, which really, really we left to the fire department, most of my attention was how do I protect the rest of the city? So we immediately closed down all the tunnels and bridges, particularly concerned about New Jersey because that's where the terrorists came from that did the first attack. And we were pretty sure these people came from New Jersey, although we, we figured out quickly that they were, you know, connected to Ben Laden and probably not in New Jersey, because that isn't where he, that isn't where he hung out, if that's the right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and we knew where he did. I mean, I, I do have to tell you, with the FBI, which was a different FBI, we had a seamless relationship. Our Joint Terrorism Task Force, which I would love to say I put together, I did in part when I was U.S. attorney, but it was actually Mayor Koch who did that. Mm. Uh, our Joint Terrorism Task Force was probably our best task force with the FBI. Uh, they shared information constantly. They used those. Uh, I, when I was mayor, I'd get briefed once a week by the FBI on what was going on that might affect New York. Uh, a, a, year and a, a year before, I, uh, at the request of the FBI, I closed down everything around the federal courthouse and everything around City Hall. That was based on their threats that, that those buildings were going to be bombed because of the terrorist right. that was taking right. place. 
you know, you, well, Freddie Rudy, you talk about the FBI, and uh, you and President Bush uh, were, were simpatico back then. You guys worked great together. And when he stood on top of the wreckage and he said, I see you, we see you, his approval rating was about 98%. And I loved President Bush. Now, 21 years later, I can't stand him. He backstabbed Donald Trump, what he did with the Iraq war. I never thought I would say that 21 years later. But 43 was a guy I really loved, and now I don't. I have to imagine you guys work so closely together that you, too, are disappointed with President Bush. Well, you're right. You're right. right. You know, right? I have to divide it. I have to divide it in two. And I go back to something I said in my speech at the 19 – I'm sorry, the 2004 Republican convention where I gave the keynote speech in New York. I said, no matter what else, he'll be a great president for how he responded so quickly to this. Right. And I, I, I will give him that. And, and by the I, way, I, and Moody, and the pitch that he threw, the first pitch against Arizona in the World oh Series. Oh, my God. I was there. I was there. <laughs> I was there when Gita uh, uh, really suckered him in. To it. <laughs> he was going to throw from the you know, front of the mound. And, and, in fact, the guy had a vest on. So he had to throw from the front of the mound. I right. Mean, you know, so Jada says he's not going to do that. They'll all think. I, th- I think he said they'll think you're a sissy. He kind of knew Jeter because you know he owned the Texas Rangers. He knew all the young ball players, uh, and he said to him, "I got to throw from the mound." And I said, "Oh, don't listen to him. He's just a jerk. You know, he's jerking around with you." And I I uh, warmed up with him. Yeah. Yeah, boy, it took him about ten minutes to figure out. I mean, he readjusted, he readjusted the the, the vest and got it off the top of his shoulder. And damn, I didn't think he was going to throw a good pitch, but uh, he used the Yogi Berra. He used the Yogi Berra uh, trick that Yogi taught me. You throw it a little high, throw it high. Uh, the height carries distance. And then it comes down and it looks right. like a strike. Right, which it did. He threw a perfect strike. But, it, but, but unfortunately, that was it, Rudy, because like you're about to tell me, since then, it has not been a good run for uh, George Bush. No, no. And, and uh, the, 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 war, uh, the things that happen when he's president, they happened and they made right decisions, wrong decisions. Uh, the, the, the hatred for Trump, which, okay, I understand some of it. He attacked Jeb. But look, I've been a, there are people that attack me in politics. I wouldn't say they're my best friends, but they're good friends of mine now. You know, I ran against Huckabee. I debated him 11 times. I love him. I love Huckabee. Yeah. I, I ran against McCain. And I, I turned around and I was his biggest surrogate. I mean, I, you, 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 what you do is you look at the person running, let's say McCain, right? And then you look, you look at uh, Obama on the other side. And you say, I got to think about my country, right? Well, you look at you look at Trump, and you look at Hillary. Come on, you got to go with Trump. <laughs> of course, I'm going right. back to before we knew how good a president he was. Right. Also, as a president, he should be able to separate personality. And I I like Donald. I know him for 32 years, and he's a friend of mine. And his idiosyncrasies I find fun. You know. I can see how other people would find his idiosyncrasies bad. Of course. But then they got to separate us from. Of course. We were safe. We were rich. Uh, African-Americans and, and Latinos never did better. We were. I know we were respected because I traveled around the world, and I would have people in countries we think hate us come up to me and say, 
I wish he was our president. I wish we had a leader like that. He was respected all around the world. Yeah, and now we're not. And now we're not. So 60 seconds to go. I never thought I would say this. But after 9-11, I remember walking the streets with Danielle, uh, you know, hearing the whistle still from the firefighters, smelling the smoke. It was such a, a sad time. But it was also a time that I knew New Yorkers would come together. And there were joyous moments. I don't have those moments now. What if I said to you, Rudy, right now with Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul in charge, that the city is more downtrodden and depressing now than September 12th of 2001? What would you say? You're 100% correct. The city woke up on, on the morning of September 12th in a state of shock, but still with almost universal residual hope. Uh, I, I, I never confronted anybody who didn't think we could get out of it. Uh, some people were down more than others. Some people couldn't focus on it yet because they were in grief and mourning. Uh, I made the mistake of pushing them too fast. I mean, I, I, I got, I got uh, Broadway back in three days. I wanted the yep. stock exchange back in two days. It yep. took five. Uh, I wanted baseball back the day after. I, I, I very much believe that when you're in tragedy, particularly when you have things you have to do, you've got to pick your eyes up and look to the future. And I realized I, realized I was pushing them too fast. And so I slowed it down and I said, I told them what I wanted them to do. I wanted them to move forward. I, I sent New York City police to pick up actors so they could go act on Broadway <laughs> so that I could get Broadway going. But I also said, do it at your own time. We're going we're gonna to go forward. I invite you to join us and join us as soon as you can. And uh, and I did not find much resistance to that. Hmm. I, I never met any person that said to me, I, I don't think we can get out of this. Yeah, I have never met even, even people who just lost their son. They were, there was still that feeling that both, wasn't just, both New York, particularly New York, but we were at the height. You know, we had like a, like right now, seventy percent of the people want to leave the city. At that time, eighty percent of the people wanted to stay here. That's right. That's and right. Seventy percent yeah. of the people in America thought New York would be a good place to live. Yep. Even after that. Well, listen, we got to run, but let me speak on behalf of every New Yorker, and not just because you and I become really, really good friends. Thank you for what you did 21 years ago. Thank you for what you still do today on this radio station for Donald Trump and everything you do and your family. I love you dearly, Rudy Giuliani. Thank you for this good morning, and um, and you be well, okay, buddy? This was great. It is mutual, and, and what, what you do for America in getting out the word that's suppressed is uh, really part of history. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You too. That's the great Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Come on. On a day like today, what an unbelievable conversation. Rudy, we love you, baby. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.